it's 2020. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. We have a presidential election this year. Maybe some of you have heard. It uh, hasn't been covered that much in the media. Yeah, it's it's not that exciting yet. It's a little underground. <laughs> well, it actually isn't exciting yet. There's been a lot of people talking about uh, tax tax incentives to stimulate the middle class. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. It's very exciting because Bernie just dropped his fourth quarter numbers today. Tell me about these numbers. Uh, highest of any candidate in the Democratic platform so far. Mm. 34.5 million. In a quarter? In a quarter. My God. Yeah. Uh, more Topping his previous one by almost 10 million. Uh, Warren, who was just spitting distance behind yeah. him last quarter, has dropped. Why didn't she get some of that casino money? That's that's my question. I, I, I did wonder a little bit today. I was like, how long till Warren pulls a Biden? Just like, so super PACs aren't so bad. Because that's what Biden did after the last one. It like, won't be long. Uh, we'll see. She might stick to her guns on it. Because she's made it such a thing with like... I mean, she'll have that. to. Because her sort of betrayal of Medicare for all got her launching. I think the point thing to say is like, Bernie has a fucking mandate, man. Like... <sighs> that mandate is to get paid (laughs) (laughs) bernie in bling uh Uh, if he came out in just like an enormous fur coat it would be incredible like if because you know killer mike is a big supporter if he and killer mike started dressing exactly the same uh what if bernie replaced (laughs) lpm on the jewels Yeah, we're ninety percent of it. We, we are the demographic. <laughs> we understand this, but it's not just us. And you actually might have a little more to say on that because you have been on a pilgrimage. Well, I went home for uh, the holidays for yeah. Christmas. You went on a mission trip. <laughs> well, I was trying to go and convince people that Bernie could be our first Christian president. I went home. My family lives in North Carolina, and me and my mother went to visit my very, very old. Uh, German grandmother uh, who lives in Delaware, my <laughs> aunt. So uh, all of these people to some degrees are pretty conservative. Of course. My aunt's a little bit more mixed in her politics. And I, the entirety of my trip, I mostly didn't talk about politics with anyone over the age of like Like 20. every every person on a short-term <laughs> mission trip, you don't actually do the yeah, thing you went there to very do. Much. You were like, I really want to jump in a pool. I was really hoping to get some white water, white water rafting done there in your third go. world country. Uh, it costs <laughs> more, but it's worth it. You really sense Jesus in the waves. So we're there. We're sitting at the dinner table in my aunt's house. <laughs> Somehow... Oh, the process, like talking about um, how difficult medical care is, how expensive it is, comes up, and I'm just like shocking that vibrating. this would be a topic of I'm just conversation. Vibrating, yeah. and I know it. I know I've got socialism leaking out of my eyes. Uh-huh. Yeah, of uh huh. Yeah. But I basically tell my aunt, I'm like, I believe in single payer because it's important because I want people to have health care, and everyone who gets cancer dies of being broke that quickly. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And very, very subtle. And I will say it was actually a really productive conversation. I love this. So my, my grandmother, 
who at different points in this evening, uh, the homelessness problem in California had come up. <laughs> because she watches Fox News. Of course she does. The only news she watches by her own admission. By the way, my grandmother, a very nice woman, but has totally got Fox News brain in yeah. her 80s at this point. So anyway, I just immediately launched into, like, I think healthcare should be free. Look at the NHS. Look at Canada. We should walk in. We can do this. Um, and to which they kind of basically push back, like, well, how are we going to pay for it? Like, are they going to raise my taxes? And I was like, you don't have tens of millions of dollars, Grandma. Shut yeah, up. Totally. And um, my aunt basically says, well, like, that's all fine and good, but we can't have socialism we need to, because uh, we need freedom. Which is something I've talked about before. That, like, people really think of socialism as you can't have things. Mm -hmm. You can't have freedom. And they think of capitalism as, like, you're allowed to, like, have thoughts and feelings and, like, freedom of speech. They yeah. genuinely believe that if Bernie Sanders is elected, then they won't be able to, like, say things. Uh, which, to be fair, <laughs> yeah. I would be rooting for. <laughs> yeah, you won't be. It's time for you all to shut. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, it is a classic canard yeah. of the right. Of course. But capitalism right. equals freedom, free markets, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, we just, we need to make these things the same. It's important that you believe they're the same. Right. Because only if you believe they're the same could you ever stomach the horrors that are visited <laughs> upon us every day. Yeah. The, you, you have to make capitalism something else in order to make it palpable. Yeah. And I, I basically, they were like, well, we don't know how, how are we going to get rich people's money? And I was like, well, I mean, we know where it is. We're going to fucking take it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to take it. Yeah. And I understand that some of it's offshore. But all these companies, particularly in this country, are traded. Yeah. If you have to take their assets, if you have to take parts of the companies they own, mm -hmm. then you do that. You nationalize things. You get rid of, uh, you know, what happens to all the people in the medical insurance industry. I think they should be executed. I think, I think they should be forced to read the, like, case things of everyone mm -hmm. they denied. <laughs> uh, and then as they read them, they get injected with whatever that was. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. That's nice. Thank you. What was amazing, actually, I briefly got onto free college and kind of lost the conversation yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, Because none of those people right. are care give a shit about college. But if I kept it on to medical care, they kind of, they couldn't argue against it. One of the most effective things I was able to do was sort of start by being like, fuck Obamacare. Mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton was not a good candidate. And then you can kind of transition to our Lord and Savior, Bernie Sanders. He's an independent for 40 years. He said only the same thing. He doesn't take special interest money. By the end of it, my mom, who is pretty far to the right, was like, yeah, rich people do have too much money these days. The pendulum needs to swing back the other way. And I was like, Mom, you're just describing class warfare. Yeah. <laughs> and my grandmother said, You well, socialist. <laughs> right. And then my grandmother was like, uh, she said, there might need to be a revolution. And I'm like, yeah, Grandma. That's incredible. Yeah. I, I, love, I love that so much. Good for you. Thank you. Winning hearts and minds. Thank uh, you. This isn't really about you, though. You mean nothing. Oh, I think no. the, the big takeaway here is that, like, Medicare for all mm -hmm. is persuasive because it, it's shocking that you get in a room full of people right? and they all struggle with medical care in different serious ways. And and so it, it really is a thing that I can just speak across so many boundaries. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. I, you know, obviously we, we live in Los Angeles. It's a little bit of, you know, a bubble space. But right. I, I have to say I've been encouraged by just like I see so much Bernie shit everywhere yep. mm -hmm. and I do not see anything for the other candidates. Like <laughs> occasionally a Warren sticker. Occasionally a sad person with an Obama. Like. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I know I saw a dude on the street corner dancing with a Bernie sign like Joaquin Phoenix at the opening of Joker. Uh, that was you. <laughs> that was you, Zach. 
So now that you've heard us rant about how much money Bernie <laughs> Sanders has for a little while, which hilariously is a Fox News talking point, the millionaire. Uh, By the way, I'll give my grandma credit. I mentioned, I was like up front, I was like, he has one or two, he has like a couple million dollars. Mm-hmm. And to their credit, they're like, that's not that much money. But, but I appreciate there that. There is such a bizarre thing of trying to equate a millionaire with a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Like people who are retiring... And I'm not saying that's pretty serious. Should have a million dollars. That should be a normal thing. That shouldn't be weird. Like a lot of Americans could be millionaires. Yeah, I would want. I want more Americans to be millionaires. That is a thing that I want. Um. Socialism. The end goal of socialism and why we support Bernie Sanders, which is what we're transitioning into, is that we're all upper middle class. Boom, so boom, why boom. do we support Bernie Sanders as Christians? I'm actually going to take it back a little further. What oh, I want to do this. is talk about what is shitty Christians. It's a podcast about politics, pop culture, and religion mm-hmm. from a couple. Socialist Christian assholes. Correct. We are the titular shitty Christians, but we also will talk a lot about Christians in public spaces, in pop culture, in life, in politics, uh, being shitty in way in other ways. Yeah. We grew up in evangelical America, in the warm Nestle bosom of racism and classism. <laughs> Uh, all it was actually pretty warm and Nestle for yeah, a couple straight white kids. Yeah, so. it was. It was great. I yeah. loved it. Uh, but also, we left. Yes. Grew out of it. And one of the things we did keep was our faith. Yeah. And we realized, walking away from all these other sort of ideologies, that Jesus would be a Bernie supporter. Yeah, I think <laughs> even more specifically. I, I think I, it's the how idea much that... more specific can you get than <laughs> Jesus would be a Bernie? Jesus is Bernie Sanders. <laughs> he is the second coming. Our socialism was informed by our faith. That, yeah. like, yes, we walked out of the evangelical culture that yeah. we grew in, but we have actually continued to carry a, a deep and abiding yeah, personal we're, faith and we're are still involved, involved in, our in churches. Church. I have been to fucking committee meetings for our church. You go to like, too many committee meetings. Any committee we meetings. We need to have a talk about that. Uh, having grown up a Baptist and now being in a Presbyterian church is just a hilarious, like the stereotypes are so true. Like <laughs> I, I literally sent an email today about to a committee whose entire job was the creation of a committee. Okay, so remember when we said we were still Christians? Yeah, we want to I'm revise that. <laughs> I once was on a committee at our church that would meet at like Tuesdays at four. I have a job. Weird. Sometimes. I mean, kind of. Okay, yeah. I, you, I used to have a job. You kind of have a job, but also the traffic's so bad around. <laughs> you may have noticed Christians out in the public square these days. Yeah. Generally speaking, if you see anything, <laughs> it's not great. No, it's, it's, uh, it's not good. And to, so, to sort of put a spin on it, we are dirtbag Christians. Yeah. Uh, and and we are here not because we are great, no, uh, and not because we are smart, no, uh, but whoa, because whoa, no, no, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 <laughs> because we are angry, mm-hmm. and because we actually have some experiences that might be able to give uh, a, a hopefully interesting angle on why evangelicals suck so bad, yep. on who the movers and shakers are in yes. this world. Yep. Uh, are you confused why eighty one percent of evangelicals support Donald Trump? We're not. So that's shitty Christians. Now onwards, starting every po- as every podcast should with the takedown of a Facebook post. <laughs> <laughs> One of my uncles posted this thing, and he specifically sent it out there to the millennials. Oh yes, he said, oh he sent us a missive. Yeah, he did. He, he said, "Hey guys, I just hope that like to all these socialist millennials out there, take a moment to read this. Maybe, just maybe, it'll change some hearts and minds." Oh shit, he was doing a me with my grandma. Yeah, he, oh, that's exciting. He was, he was engaging in the discourse. This was his. Uh, maybe this will be good. Moment. I I sure hope so. Right. <laughs> 
Maybe uh, I'm the one guy that'll get shamed. So, and I need to say, it's not just that this is a Facebook post. Right. This, the lady that wrote this has been on Fox News specifically about this post. Oh, Bernie shit. Bernie Sanders has responded. Like, this has become okay, a be viral fair, moment. Bernie has a rule where he responds to every <laughs> ad. Every, anytime you reply to Bernie, he will respond personally. Uh, <laughs> I, that cannot be true because I have been trying to slide into those DMs <laughs> for a very long time. The man is obnoxiously faithful. Okay, okay to be fair, he did respond <laughs> with a restraining order. Yeah. <laughs> You can't say he didn't respond. Bernie says I make him question his thoughts on gun control. Okay, so tell so, me about this Facebook this post. This is a Facebook post. It is written by a 26-year-old millennial. Okay, cool. And you know she's a millennial mm -hmm. because she's sitting in a coffee shop, and she's on her phone, and she's about to write a blog. This okay. is where we find her. So a fellow comrade in arms. Absolutely. A fellow poster. She's got her MacBook. Okay. Uh, and she wants to talk about millennials and capitalism. Okay, I mean, these are all my favorite subjects. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, it's, it's good. She puts her phone down and she looks around the coffee okay. shop. So what does she see? She sees people talking freely, okay. working on their MacBooks, mm -hmm. ordering food they get in an instant, cars going by outside, okay. and it dawns on her. We, mm -hmm. you and I, millennials, millennial assholes, mm -hmm. live in the most privileged time in the most prosperous nation and we've become blind to it. Oh, oh we took a turn. <laughs> <laughs> she just named all the worst things, uh, all the things I hate. Okay. No, 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 no. The problem is <laughs> that things are so great, you don't know how great you have it. Oh, okay. The yeah. things that she just I've been, named. I've been wrong all along. Let's go through them. Yeah. People talking freely. Sure. That's that's gonna go away. Okay, fine. Working on their MacBooks. MacBooks. Yes. Apple famously having <laughs> to install suicide nets yep. in its iPhone factories because the working <laughs> conditions were so terrible. There is no greater symbol of American Chinese hegemony yeah. than the MacBook. Uh, two great countries. Two countries. Uh, they're doing good things with minority populations. <laughs> ordering food they get in the instant on the back of underpaid workers. Yep, love that. Uh, seeing cars go by outside. You know, cars. <laughs> Never have any issues with cars or their effects on the environment or anything like yeah. that. Australia having a great time because yeah. of climate change right now. Uh, vehicles, food, technology, freedom to associate with whom we choose. These things are so ingrained in the American way of life, we don't give them to second thought. Here's the only thing I find optimistic. No one is freely associating with her. She's alone <laughs> in this coffee shop. No one in the United States is considered poor by global standards. Yet, in a time where we can order a product off Amazon with one click, <sighs> fucking, of we are course, unappreciative, unsatisfied, and ungrateful. These people's obsession with like the ability to get something conveniently while also working fourteen hours a day is yeah. incredible. Uh, to push the to get a pellet, to push yeah, exactly. the to push the to in the in the hamster cage to get a pellet. Also, no one's poor. Motherfucker, I walk out, I like, I walk down the street and there's a homeless gentleman on in our neighborhood who's missing half his face. He's poor by any standard. Specifically name checking Amazon. Oh, literally so a like one click Rube Goldberg misery mm. machine. Like mm. you hit the button and then a whole bunch of people's lives are terrible. Nonstop pain and human suffering, mm -hmm. underpaid mm -hmm. working conditions, all the way from that click <laughs> to your doorstep. That's the thing that you're like, you should be more grateful for this. <sighs> Specifically name checks AOC because secretly this whole thing is just boomer bait. She says that like 
Ocasio-Cortez says this younger generation has not experienced America's prosperity. Yes. We need to be clear. That's just a fact. Yes, true. Millennials have 3% of our nation's wealth. Oh, no. Boomers, (laughs) during the same time period in their life, already had nine. We are literally one-third as rich as boomers were. And they're keeping it. Like, it's not yeah, going yeah, yeah. anywhere. No, they're still left. And by the way, that was back in the day when you would, like, roll out of high school and get a, what was equivalent to a $60,000 a year job, buy a home. The only thing that makes me happy is they all had to go to war and get shot. Um, <laughs> I just wish more of them had. I'm going to yeah, be yeah. quick because it's a very, very long post. The United States of America has lifted more people out of abject poverty, spread more freedom and democracy. Oh, no. And created more innovation than yeah, Iraq, any other very, nation. So grateful. That's why those protesters were outside the embassy this last yeah, week. Yeah, exactly. They were just really thankful for the spread of democracy. Yeah, we really love spraying democracy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all over everything. <laughs> just just drones airlifting democracy to you every day. Uh, and her whole point is like, we've only had it good. Our generation has only seen prosperity. We have no contrast. We didn't leave, live in the Great Depression or live through two world wars or see the rise and fall of communism. We don't know what it's like to not have the internet. The 08 economic downturn was fucking terrible and ruined tons of people's lives. What the fuck are you talking about? In a very real sense, we never recovered from the 08. We still haven't. All because not. all the wealth that was recovered just went to the one-tenth of one percent. Exactly. We're still it, in it. it, it 100% because mm-hmm. the economy started doing better. And yep. We can talk about that another time. Uh, but like, where did that money go? Yep. Uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg's blind cave. It was specifically <laughs> that. No, it was absolutely, it was it was wealth redistribution. Yeah. Upward. So basically her argument, yeah. if I'm getting this right. Things are too good. I'm a socialist because things are too awesome. Not because, as I would say, things are so shitty. Yeah. That's a hell of a it's, magic it's trick. It's a pretty, it's a pretty, uh, I love how complete it is to just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you stupid entitled little <laughs> shit. Your life is so fucking perfect. I'm getting nagged uh, yeah. into being a Republican. Yeah, I, there, it really is interesting. Uh, first of all, props on her. She tried to get her bag. She did get a little bit internet famous from this. Yeah, exactly. There is always money to be made in betraying yeah. you know, class. And then we, we can, it's so dumb we can stop tearing it to pieces, but there's two more points I want to make. One, yeah, please. it completely effaces all people of color. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're like very material suffering. Yeah, this is the whitest article I've read in the hot second. Oh, yeah. This is whiter than anything in McSweeney's. Like, it's wild. This is whiter than Little Women. (laughs) (laughs) I love uh, how how clear it is that this really is just a person who is looking around Mm -hmm. in a coffee shop. And that is how myopic this article is. That's all she can see. It's the story. It's actually a tragedy. It's the story of a woman without object permanence. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's let's move on. Yeah, please. So recently, Christianity Today wrote an article uh, after Trump got impeached, basically saying, like, yeah, Trump should be removed from office. Now, everyone was surprised because, you know, 80, this, this number's been bandied about a lot, like over 80% of white evangelicals support Donald Trump. Uh, but Christianity Today, everyone was really surprised that the outgoing editor-in-chief wrote a piece basically saying Trump should be removed from office. Yeah. Now, you and I were not surprised because we were pretty familiar with Christianity Today. Even in early iterations of this podcast, we never did much with them because it's generally a pretty boring publication. It's so boring. <laughs> it was actually How boring one of the first things. When we started looking at where are we going to get our information, <laughs> I remembered Christianity Today. They've been making it since 1956. Billy yeah. Graham created it. Yeah. Uh, and 
in the 90s i think they were like mm-hmm. hard right wing culture war thing and then i think under this current editor it had just gotten very like boring yeah uh, they they tend they, to be better than average they honestly say. are they'll yeah. love right things being like refugees are cool we should accept them however this kind of ruffled some feathers because it still is a pretty solidly evangelical publication. It, it's the biggest Christian magazine, period. Oh, for like, sure. There's not a, there's not a close second. Like, there's hundreds of, I think, I think it has a circulation of well over 100,000. Yeah. One of the money quotes that I deeply love from it is, uh, quote, his Twitter feed alone, referring to Trump, with its habitual string of mischaracterizations, lies, and slanders, is a near perfect example of a human being who is morally lost and confused. <laughs> Which is strong. It's, it's a good burn. It's it's a little silly that like <laughs> you're like, hey, I don't know about this Trump guy happens in 2019. Uh, I don't. I get the feeling this guy wanted to write this for a long time, and he yeah. just had to wait until he was heading out the door, and he was just like, ha ha, you can't stop me now. So good on him. Really, like good on him. More than anything, I'm pro it. So he ends and he ends the article, and then we're gonna get into the meat of what we're gonna talk about by saying, we reserve judgment on Mr. Trump for years now. Some have criticized us for our reserve. Yes. (laughs) But when it comes to condemning the behavior of another, patient charity must come first. That is not the premise of this podcast. So we have done our best to give evangelical Trump supporters their due to try and understand their point of view, to see the presidential, the prudential nature of so many political decisions they have made regarding Mr. Trump. To use an old cliche, it's time to call a spade a spade. To say that no matter how many Whoa. hands... <laughs> yeah, I did every time I hear that phrase. Uh, no matter how many hands we win in this political poker game, we are playing with a stacked deck of gross immorality and ethical incompetence. And just when we think it's time to push all our chips to the center of the table, that's when the whole game will come crashing down. It will crash down on the reputation of evangelical religion and on the world's understanding of the gospel. It will come crashing down on the nation of men and women whose welfare is also our concern. Not bad. Yeah, I think he he makes a very good point. And I I, I think the thing that I would say is this has already happened. It's yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. uh, you have already sold yeah. the soul of the American church to these concerns and interests. Like... Uh, to being anti-abortion activists yep. rather than people that try to share like the word of God, much less his actual character. Uh, this blew the fuck up. Yeah. To the point where... It's a little embarrassing how much it blew up <laughs> because it speaks to what a monolith the evangelical community has been on this topic. Yeah. But keep going. Well, Trump responded. Yes. <laughs> like... Trump fired back on Twitter calling Christianity Today a far-left magazine. <laughs> My favorite, that's, that's incredible. Uh, <laughs> like the most anodyne, inoffensive, yeah. hey, Jesus, we like him, shit of all time. Be nice to gays. Like that was yeah. as as edgy as Christianity yeah. today They did, They got. didn't say they even accepted it. No, Just, no. They were like, don't literally stone them. Yeah, don't be a dick about it. Uh, <laughs> that was their whole deal. We assume then, they're going to hell, but don't be a dick about it. Speaking of purity tests, like it's just amazing, like far left publication. And then he says, no president has done more for the evangelical community. And it's not even close. You'll not get anything from those Dems on stage. I won't be reading E.T. again. (laughs) I love I love that entertainment tonight is Christianity today. He does read entertainment tonight. I'll say that he gets it printed out for him Uh, and he does like a little flip book of it. It's pretty cool. I think he has it read to him. He makes Donald Trump Jr. like come in. Don Don Jr. comes in and reads him his stories. <laughs> Don Jr. needs to read reruns, like transcript reruns of the the uh, Apprentice. Yeah, 
and do little act outs. That's that's how Donald Trump falls asleep every night. Do you think Trump applauds himself when Donald Trump Jr. is acting out? I think he gets Trump. really excited. I think <laughs> I think like when it gets to the end, like he jumps in and does the fire. Like he just ah. Uh, is this actually kind of cute? Is this the most they've ever bonded? Because Trump yeah. doesn't love Donald Trump Jr. Oh yeah. So is this the closest they've ever come to sharing human affection? Yeah. No. I mean, I think there's something there. Yeah. So. Fox News. <laughs> Here it is. Jim Daly wrote a response. He's president of Focus on the Family. Maybe you've heard of Focus on the Family. Michael, let's focus on the family. Uh, it was founded by James Dobson. It's Hero, whole... friend of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> uh, its whole thing is being like family values, anti-gay. Like it's, it's, it's totally that 90s evangelical mm -hmm. thing. Uh, they broadcast everywhere. Like yeah. really? everywhere in the entire world. Uh, at one point, Dobson's radio show was being heard by 226 million people a day. Holy uh, shit. Not just in America. but No, like 161 countries. Uh, yeah, 164 countries. They love homeschooling. Mm. They hate gay marriage. They think yep. only straight people should adopt. Mm. They believe in spanking. It's just, it's that most like... I mean, I believe in spanking. <laughs> eh? uh, my only real experience, and we are going to save this for another episode, but mm. Focus on the Family put out a radio show. It's one of the longest running concurrent radio shows that has ever existed. It's okay. been broadcasting since 1987. It is still going on today. It's called Adventures in Odyssey. And it's about a man named John Whitaker who owns okay. an ice cream shop called Wits End. And it's just a whole little town. It has little adventures. And there's kids and they learn lessons. And it's all very cute. Sounds nice. And then at some point in its multi-decade long history, <laughs> it just goes off the rails well, sure. in really entertaining ways. There are multiple timelines. Oh, gosh. At one point, a portal to other dimensions gets opened in the ice cream shop. Whoa. And then they encounter some version of the devil. But it's this, like, technological devil with a weird, like, electronic voice. Uh, at one Whoa. point, some kids are playing D&D. &D, and then the D&D &D becomes real. And one of the kids gets, like, cut by a fake sword that becomes real because they are courting demonic mm -hmm. forces mm -hmm. uh it is it is sort of beautifully bizarre so it's just wrecking christianity uh, exactly <laughs> uh, now jim daly comes in so jim daly president Robinson. some of his more recent hits for fox news Ooh, are yeah, hit me it's bring your bible to school day a celebration of religious <laughs> freedom and god's love uh, <laughs> this is my favorite one it's just though. a bad church newsletter <laughs> so too fox news uh my favorite one is President Trump going far enough when it comes to Christmas? Sounds really ominous, actually. So he writes a response yep. saying that Christianity Today is wrong. Trump does not need to be impeached. <laughs> and he makes the evangelical case for keeping Trump. Oh, yeah. Boom. We're going to change our mind on this right now. <laughs> All right, hit me with it. He writes, the quote, the call for pre the president's removal is short-sighted. For a number of reasons, not the least of which is that Trump and his administration have championed many issues of great importance to me and my fellow evangelical. Is he a perfect person? Of course not. God, they love that. None of us is perfect. But Who the among us? <laughs> I will cast the first stone at Donald Trump, given the opportunity, just so we're clear. Uh, is he a perfect person? He continues. Of course not. None of us is perfect. But the president is the imperfect political street fighter who um, evangelicals never had. You know, should be you know what I love in a street fighter <laughs> is them being a hundred odd pounds overweight and, and, and tweeting a lot. That's what I'm looking for in my warrior uh, man. He does fight and assault a lot of women, <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's about it. That's, that's true. About it. So he continues. 
So here are the problems that Donald Trump is saving us. At the dawn of the American Revolution. By the way, this isn't me oh making it God. confusing. It is this confusing. Yeah, I was going to say. Do Thomas Paine wrote, These are the times that try men's souls. Heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods. And it would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rate. This quotation applies to our times as well. This is him making a case for Trump. As the glue that has held our republic together for the last 243 years, wait for it, our Judeo-Christian values have begun to fray. You win a million dollars! Our values have begun to fray, it seems like we're hanging by our sheer thread. This is why Trump, Trump isn't perfect, but he's the fighter. He's fighting for our Judeo-Christian values, Michael. They're under attack. They're under attack. They've begun to fray. I think it's amazing. I know a fair amount of Christians and a fair amount of Jewish folks. There's no such thing as Judeo-Christian values. Yeah, it was invented in the 90s to sell hair products. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was invented in the 90s to sell Israel. <laughs> Honest, honestly. It was, though. So he continues. Abortion was made legal in all 50 states in 1973. Religious liberty is under constant threat by the left with demands that people of faith violate their religious beliefs or be accused as discriminating against others. Marriage has been redefined under President Barack Obama. <laughs> and the new definition. Did he drop the Hussein in there? <laughs> you could tell he wanted to. And then along came a populist president named Donald Trump who said enough is enough. <laughs> this is one of my favorite things. The sort of picture of Donald Trump yeah. as like badass warrior. Warrior king. Mm -hmm. Yep. Solomon with a big swinging dick. President Trump and his administration are committed, this is him writing, to ending religious bigotry and discrimination. He is leading not only in the United States, but the globe in advancing religious expression and keeping a ferocious, secular, anti-religious group in this country from eroding our First Amendment rights. You know who's not a persecuted people group in America right now? White Christians. Yeah. Ever. Like, I'm not big into the culture war bullshit really on Who either side. Who gives a fuck? But like, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so... As a Christian, I would ask, he continues to write, Christianity Today this, what is more important, a president who talks smoothly and statesmanlike, who accelerates the killing of innocent human life? Or perhaps a president who supports the deconstruction of religious freedom and undoes societal norms for the sake of the few to feel included. Like, yeah. he just says it. Like, just straight no, up. No, no, we want it to be less inclusive. No, minorities shouldn't have rights. Are you? In I would also ask Christianity Today, are you interested in disrupting the unprecedented economic growth? God, there it I is. I love this. There it There's is. There's the bingo. The stock. My stocks are doing well. Yeah, as yeah. Did daily. All says. one and a half of them. <laughs> well, mine are pretty much non-existent. But like, uh, that has allowed mothers and fathers to provide better for their families. Oh my God. When we cast our votes, no, we don't vote for a pastor or a priest. We vote for a fighter who understands the moment we are in and is willing to preserve those basic rights that has made America a shining example. All right, you know what? I'm for it. Let's get Trump in a boxing match with Bernie. I want I want to see this happen. You call him a fighter, let's see him fight. Bernie would eat his lunch. Oh yeah. No. Bernie's wily. Here's the thing. So, Bernie's not going to play fair. Bernie's going to kick him immediately in the balls. Like the oh, yeah. first thing Bernie does, kick him in the balls, run around. Bernie's going <laughs> to activate that pig heart and and uh he's it's going to be a massacre. And the thing is Trump's heart pumps Kool-Aid. Yeah. No, he's he never stood up to a peer. Oh no. He only punches down. It's the only the only way that man could ever be successful is to be born at the top of a thing. It's I think it's interesting. There's been much hay. I think this is important for one of our for this episode. Yeah. There's been much hay to be made. Why do evangelicals support Donald Trump? Yeah. 
this article says things like abortion. Of course, they their economic interests, by and large, there's plenty of poor evangelicals, though they don't vote as much as middle class ones. So why are you evangelicals supporting Trump? Obviously, there's some culture war nonsense. He pandered to them. He is the one actual literal thing he's given them is judges. Judges and eventually and, abortion. Right. And that's terrifying in yeah. its own way. And we're going to do an abortion episode. Yeah, but it's happening. But Just so that's, that that's the one real bargain that he yeah. made with them that he has upheld. Uh, the economy helps some of them that are on the top of businesses that have a lot of money, sure. the upper middle class ilk in there. Uh, and they all definitely think of themselves that way. But I have another thought. There's been this kind of like narrative, at least mm -hmm. like the Atlantic, Washington Post, that evangelicals support Trump despite mm. who he is. His pussy grabbing, his locker room talk, his like cursing and crudeness. I posit that they support him because of this. I think evangelicals, who I spent my entire fucking life around, if I have one area of expertise, it is evangelicals, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately for me. I posit that evangelicals want to be Donald Trump. He is their end goal. He is crass. He has billions of dollars. He has like a big family. He tells all those people of color, all those people they disagree with, the LGBTQ community, they, he tells other countries to fuck off. Mm -hmm. He is just powerful and he is angry and he is crass and he eats hamburgers. Donald Trump is exactly what evangelicals are looking for and who they aspire to be. I, I think that is maybe the most important like switch that needs mm -hmm. to be made. Like it's a feature, yeah. not a bug. Yeah. Um, Donald Trump is not their devil's bargain. No. He's their pastor. <laughs> oh, I love that. He yep. is actually an He's evangelist. Prophet, yeah, he is. If you look at, at the way that he talks, it is the way that megachurch pastors talk. It is the sort of nonstop, mm -hmm. aggressive tone that push, push, mm -hmm. push. Uh, come down, come down to the aisle. We idol. are going to spend a lot of time dealing with specific individual douchebags in yep. the Christian community. But one of the <laughs> most consistent things that we have seen as we've been doing this is toxic masculinity. These are all arrogant white douchebag men. Yep. And Trump is just the best version of that. He is a fucking mm -hmm. killer douchebag man. And the fact that he has no actual spine to back it up, that he has no yep. skills, mm -hmm. that he has, there's nothing on which he can rest that, that it exists in absence is actually really important because that's what these guys are too. Oh yeah. They got, they got fucking nothing. Trump is a pastor and the congregation is eating that shit up, man. Yeah. Well said. I think we should move on to something more fun. So it was recently the holidays. I've seen a bunch of movies. Oh, I saw best way to spend time with family by putting them in a room where they have to shut up. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I mean, it's something I love to do in my own time, yeah, but the holidays are really good for it. I love going to the theater. It's Oscar season. So anyway, I saw a Star Wars episode X. Ooh, it was a movie. Yeah. I think the most interesting part was when Ro Rocket Raccoon showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Crossover event. So you grew up watching a lot wait, of Star wait, Wars. Wait. What is your relationship with Star Wars? You like Star Wars? Yeah, right? I like Star Wars. I you grew up watching the, a lot of Star Wars. I've seen the them all in now? theaters basically yeah. at this point. In the 90s, they did the re-release and I was hooked because I was yeah. like eight or nine. Special I was small. edition, baby. When Han didn't shoot first, it, you know, that's unfortunately how I saw it the very first time. And eventually wow. I got, because I saw the re-release. It's the first time I saw Empire. Oh, wow. That's crazy. And so what's sad is that's the first time I had to go back and realize, oh, this is a better movie. Mm. If you get like the silver box set that didn't have the redactions, yep. then the gold box set that had the redactions and changes. <laughs> you know, I've seen them all in theaters. I saw Rogue One, Seven, Eight, all this shit. I've seen the first couple episodes of The Mandalorian. 
I know Baby Yoda's cute, but like... No, fuck Baby Yoda. Keep him where he belongs in Twitter. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh <laughs> I, I, Disney made a cute thing. <laughs> fucking shocking. I wonder how they'll sell you that. Fuck off, Baby Yoda. Also, he's inferior to Porgs. Uh, here's the problem. Porgs are clearly Yoda. superior to Baby Yoda. This is my real take. Yeah. Uh, this, this is why we brought up this whole segment. <laughs> so you can yell about <laughs> Porgs for a while. The whole point of Yoda is that he is ugly. That's the whole point. <laughs> I love the this. whole point that he is small and foreign yeah. and ugly and you don't mm-hmm. understand him. And he, he, he is unappealing in yep. f- former figure, not unlike Jesus Christ. That's the whole yes. deal. You can't make Yoda yes. cute. That destroys Yoda. Nobody should look at Yoda and want to be about him. You have to listen to him and come to understand his value. We have finally come to the real meat of this God podcast. damn it. <laughs> okay, hold up. Because now it's time to talk about my relationship yes. with Star Wars. Star Wars was the single most important thing that has ever happened to me. <laughs> I am including my marriage. <laughs> it's, it's, it remains that way. I am including my faith. No, uh, <laughs> it is. it was the only property that I ever truly gave a shit about. Mm. Like, I was I was mm. pretty... I was not a Pokemon kid. Yeah. Uh, I didn't I didn't care about yo-yos. I'd never had a beanie baby. Like, I, I was yo-yos. very immune. I had yo-yos. I was very immune to, like, fads because right. I was so devoted to Star Wars. There was actually a period of time where I collected Star Wars cards. They had a- when all my other friends started getting into Pokemon, I would buy Pokemon packs mm-hmm. and then trade the Pokemon cards for the Star Wars cards because they didn't care about those. You were committed, So I was, I was getting killer deals. I'm talking limited edition <laughs> Han Solo foil <laughs> off of some fucking Squirtle. Like, they, yeah. it, the market was crazy. It was a great time to be a kid. Uh, I read dozens of Star Wars novels, extended universe, all up in my shit. Uh, you went deeper than me. Oh, yeah. Uh, at one point, my mom bought me the movies. Yep. And then she said, you have to do a certain amount of choices for each movie. Yep. And there was a point system. And I worked an entire summer every day begging for chores so that I could get each individual movie like over the course of the summer. And that's why you're a socialist. <laughs> <laughs> you understand. And now I understand that my labor was undervalued. No, you know what? It was properly valued because that's <laughs> how much I fucking love Star Wars. Uh, who needs healthcare? And I have not seen the last two Star Wars films. So what? So you saw seven. How I saw you, seven. Why didn't you, why haven't you gone through eight? It's the only one worth the time. I've tried a couple times. I think the thing that has happened for me is I... I am just so tired. I am just oh, so tired. And watching Seven, I remember being in the theater. Just yeah. Couldn't say I was excited, but I was like, why? Well, don't, you know. J.J. Abrams is a very, very competent technician of film. Yeah. And he created a world that felt like Star Wars. And it was really nice after the prequels, mm-hmm. as an adult, to get to experience a world that had the look, feel, and some of the grime, a little yeah. bit of the grime mm-hmm. that made Star Wars so special. Uh, and then what a fucking boring nothing burger you he like made out of that entire <laughs> film like uh he actually i i genuinely believe that he made a better star wars movie with the star trek reboot that was more mm-hmm. fun it was more mm-hmm. vervy it it felt a little more fresh like it was a much more competent saturday morning like flash gordon that's his thing. best film his yeah. best film is the first star the first, trek and that series fell off a cliff real oh, fucking quick i saw the um, third one in that I, they, they play a Beastie yeah. Boys song. That's literally the point of the climax. Is they use the Beastie Boys to fight bad guys. Oh, I think I did see this. <laughs> I regret. Yeah. Anyways, so you even though eight, we all love and acknowledge Ryan Johnson. You were so burned out by the sort of retread nature. I will tell you exactly what has happened. I just I I pull it up. Yep. I sit down. I say I'm going to do this. <laughs> I pour some whiskey. Yeah. And then after about thirty minutes, I just I'm just like. 
I think I would probably enjoy it if I finished it. Everyone says it's the best one. I am right. obviously not on that weird anti-Last Jedi train. I love Ryan Johnson movies. Knives Out was one of the most fun times oh. I've had in theaters this year. Such a good time. I just, it hurts me to see Disney with his hands in Star Wars. And it's not that Star Wars was some pure thing. Of course. Ewoks were created to sell toys. I understand. It was always this thing. Yeah. But there's just something about the Disneyfication of Star Wars that I, I just fucking can't abide. It hurts me to see just how basic and boring um it is and I'm, that doesn't plenty of people like these movies and they should like these movies this is about me who <laughs> loved a thing yeah. and then kept loving it through all of these weird often terrible but sometimes very interesting mm -hmm. like incarnations of extended universe really struggle with seeing star wars just be star wars again we don't have to say a ton more about this yeah. but i will say that your feeling is justified because the there's I sort of came not in the middle of the, of this because like it's it's the people who say it's shitty, the critics say it's shitty are correct. Yeah. If you think about the movie for more than five minutes, the plot makes no sense. I think the thing that stuck with me was that this was the first Star Wars film I'd seen that was a Marvel movie. Mm. Because there's a lot of like chasing for MacGuffins and the MacGuffins that lead to other MacGuffins that just like lead to the one obvious place. And it's like Marvel, it's like uh, the collecting of the Infinity Stones. It's that stupid. And then in between just chasing, the dialogue was very like banter, banter, banter. Like, oh, uh, what kind of landing was that? I've seen better. I've seen worse. Like, uh, it's just like it was very much like trying to be like faux Joss Whedon. For sure. Which is already kind of J.J. Abrams spot, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was just a more successful Whedon. And it's just the sameness is really intense. You know, Disney had like 80% of number ones this year and one third of the overall box office. And it just really feels like this, like, yeah, I mean, it's disgusting. Them buying Fox and all this jazz. It's just like really distressing that they have like got this like PG 13 characters doing fun things, fighting just completely evil people with explosions and like some sort of like energy beams shooting out of their hands. I genuinely think that like, Marvel movies are pretty effective at being what they're being, especially sure. when they get to get a little weird. Like I really enjoyed Thor Ragnarok. I haven't yeah. seen any of the newer stuff, but but this is my property. Like this right. is this is the one I care about, and I just I refuse to have it like repackaged and sold to me in this like terrible way, and it hurts me. But you know what, Zach? You know what? What? We're not just a podcast that talks about movies. We're a podcast <laughs> that talks about movies and Christianity. So now we get to do one oh, of my favorite things. <laughs> one of my favorite things ever, which is okay. to read Christian movie reviews of oh, things. Okay, that is one of my favorites. <laughs> I thought you were going to do the youth group thing. I, where like you mentioned seeing a movie and then you sit down backwards in a chair and you're like, Yoda was the real Jesus. Listeners, <laughs> just know that at every moment, we are both seated backwards in our chairs, baseball caps on backwards, and we're positioned in such a way that our, our t-shirts are riding up just enough that you can see our Hebrew tattoos. At all times, during this recording. If the shirt slips, we stop. So this, I spent a while searching for a good Christian Star Wars review because of course everyone's going to say it and most of them said the same thing but I was looking for something that wasn't just like well you know this force idea is a little more than just it's a, it's not in the Bible I've been using the Holy Spirit wrong uh, the Holy Spirit is midichlorians <laughs> not canonical <laughs> so they give it four stars this is Christian okay. uh, CBN I find it really funny that they give it four stars because they immediately spend the entire time just shitting on me <laughs> 
paint by numbers plot mechanics, barely serviceable acting. And but then they're like, oh, it, it has an exciting ending with acts of mercy, sacrifice, and hope. But then the positive content in Rise of Skywalker is marred by a false new age pagan worldview. As with all the other Star Wars movies, the supernatural power used by heroes and villains resides not in a personal god, but in an impersonal energy known as the Force. I love that it's introducing us to the Force. Amazing. Incredible. Uh, I also want to argue. Yeah. God's about as personal as the Force is in real life. <laughs> That's a hot take. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. They show up, man. There's like holograms and shit. Yeah, like, like we talk about. You feel it. Like you write about it. There's, there's a lot of ghosts. Yeah, there's shitty lore men about it. Men in robes. <laughs> George Lucas borrowed this New Age vision from the works of notoriously anti-Semitic anti-Christian scholar Joseph Campbell. That's what I love about this. It's not just being like, oh, wow. the Force is some hippie shit. It's name-checking Joseph Campbell. And calling, um, it's canceling Joseph Campbell. It is, who was enamored with pagan religions, including Hinduism and especially Buddhism. He also borrowed, borrowed from Japanese samurai movies and Chinese folk tales. How dare he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then its most angry moment, the movie has an image of two women kissing during one victory ce- celebration. This homosexual kiss is a silly, <laughs> gratuitous, politically correct attempt to appease leftist radical activists. Just for the record, I am not appeased. No, no, I'm unappeased. Because uh, in Singapore, at minimum, there may have been other countries, uh, Disney acts the kiss. Yeah. Because it's so easy. It's so decorative. Yeah. It is so purely, sim- just like, not even symbolic. Uh, because it has no real characters. Those two people that they show kissing, oh, yeah. not, characters. not characters. They didn't, I don't think they had a speaking part in the movie. Of course not. And then as soon as they're in a market where they can make money easier without it, they cut it. Let well, me tell you, if America hated gay people, Disney would get rid of it. Oh, yeah. Well, they make more money with it because yeah. they get all those nice exactly. articles here. Exactly. So the goal is always money. They always. could give a fuck about who's kissing. No, Disney has no values. You know what Disney and Bye Bye Bob Iger's values are? Money. Yeah. <laughs> money it. and the ways we can reflect our culture in order to create more money. Yep. Like, it's why that every time you see a movie about uh, black people or women fighting for freedom, it's always in the past, not in the present. We're going to end on this. There, this this review has one comment. It's by Gary. That's all. <laughs> and it says, well-written article, but I don't cable or stream for entertainment anymore or watch movies. <laughs> that is the entirety of the comment. <laughs> there is zero punctuation. <laughs> Hang on. Let me see if I can like it. I might have to make a CBN account so I can like this. Why did he read this article? What are you getting out of this? I like that it's Gary, who are you? Gary, come on the pod. Gary, Gary, I'm not kidding. Be our guest. So, if you were interested in hearing us rant about topics ranging from. Uh, from socialism all the way to Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> then you can tune in. This is going to be a weekly podcast. We're going to be dropping it on Friday. Yes. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Shitty Pod. And we will be posting on our personal social media yes. as well. My name is Michael Tabor. I'm Zachary Allard. This has been Shitty Christian. Oh, no.